Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, ballers. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, a few things before we get into today's episode. First, if you have not already done so, be sure you hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to the show on so that you never miss an episode. We have a lot of great guests coming up. And also, we've had great guests on the show so far. So go back and check out some previous episodes. And second, make sure that you're sharing the show with a friend or two or three. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. And lastly, go check out the show notes. I've got a number of links there. We've got a link to the Move the Ball book, the Move the Ball merchandise store. And also, you guys know that I've been talking about how I'm going to be releasing a new book this fall called Dominate the Game, How Life Changes When You Show Up. And so there is a link to the website. You can sign up for the mailing list and I will give you updates on how things are going with the process of getting that book out when pre-orders are available and all that fun stuff. All right, so let's get into today's show. I'm really excited for today's episode. You guys normally know that I have a lot of football people on the show. And so we're doing a little bit different this time inside the huddle with us and ready to talk about his experience and what he does to move the ball is John Jordan. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm good. Well, like I said, I'm glad to have you on. Most of the guests are around the world of football, so it's good to have a diverse perspective. And so I'm really excited to have you on and just share, you know, all the great things that you're doing and how you're moving the ball. Let me share a little bit about your background for our listeners. So John is a professional basketball player who has played in the NBA G League. He's also played overseas in many different countries, including Poland, Finland, Germany, and he's doing a lot of other things to move the ball as well that we'll talk about in the show. I don't want to spill the beans just yet. So we'll get into some more exciting stuff as we get into the episode. John, are you ready to move the ball? Absolutely. Let's do it. So as a podcast host, I'm always thinking about what's the best place to kick off a conversation. And normally with a lot of athletes that I have on the show, we'll talk about their background, how they got into their sport, in your case, basketball. But before we jump into that, I do want to ask you something because, well, first off, my listeners know a lot about me when it comes to my love of football, but not many people know that I was really a basketball girl growing up as well. And people have heard me talk before on the show about how I'm an Alabama alum, so that's my football team. But I also went to Gonzaga, so I'm a huge basketball girl. And fun fact that... uh people probably don't know is my first tattoo was not a football tattoo, but it was actually a basketball. So basketball definitely has a a special place in my heart as well. So what I want to ask you about is you put a post on social media not too long ago about the three most influential people for you. And those three people were Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, and Kobe Bryant, three people that I've loved as well, especially Allen Iverson's my, my number one right. guy and Michael Jordan too. So why those three for you? 
mean, for me, it's just around the, that time, the particular, the early 2000s, that's the time where obviously I was a, a younger kid and I was growing up and this is before high school and even middle school. Those are the guys that I, I were watching in my age bracket. I believe MJ was just a tad bit ahead of me. You know, obviously mm-hmm. we, we all know MJ for who he is and what he's done for the game, but from a visual standpoint, everybody that's in my little age range or age bracket, it's hard to vividly remember watching MJ. So like I say, he was he was a little bit ahead of me. For me, it was Kobe, AI, T Mac, and those three were the guys at that time in those early two thousands. Those guys just signify greatness. T Mac from being six foot nine inches and having extraordinary, just God-given talent and athleticism and being able to shoot the the deep three ball. Kobe Bryant just being relentless and having that Mamba mentality. And Allen Iverson, you know, I, I feel like I just related to him just from size standpoint. We were both under six feet tall. So obviously he's someone I looked up to and admired growing up. For sure. And I'm sure you saw me smile big when you said AI. So yeah, he's definitely a person that has had a huge impact on me just as a as a baller myself and as a point guard. So definitely enjoyed seeing AI out there. And he, he's had a great influence on the sport, for sure. So now let's run it way back. How did you get into basketball? When is the first time you picked up a ball? And what about the sport really made you fall in love with it? To be honest, I'll go out and say it's funny that you say you were a basketball girl because I growing up was really a football guy. <laughs> I believe football was probably my first love. Um, it's a game that I really enjoyed a lot. Just from a physical standpoint, I can run, I can jump. I'm very agile. So I was really good at football. But in terms of basketball, pretty much my entire family on my dad's side played basketball growing up. Obviously, my dad was the one that introduced for it. From then on, I just took it year by year and I just kept growing with it. I seen I was pretty decent at the sport. And then when it came to, uh, I think it was about right after middle school, going into high school, I started realizing like, well, you know, me being this small in stature, uh, football might not be the sport for me I, because I was a quarterback in football. Like I uh, had a pretty decent arm, but like when high school came, uh, I pretty much figured out like, yo, I cannot see over the offensive line. There goes my QB dreams right there. And and then basketball slowly but surely started to become my first love. Just kind of took it and ran with it. I mean, you know, now we're here. And as a competitive athlete, people always say how much competitive sports, team sports translates to life. And there's so many things that you learn being an athlete that can help you to be successful beyond the game. When you look at what you've learned over the years, being a competitive basketball player, playing football, what are some of the lessons that you picked up outside of the hard work, the teamwork, the discipline? Those are kind of the obvious things. Like, What else have you learned that you think has helped you to be successful? Obviously, say outside of the, the hard work, the teamwork, but the thing that stands out to me for sure is it has to be like being on a team and having a role and having a niche. And so I use that and I apply that to, to life because all of us are not going to grow up and be sole entrepreneurs from a business standpoint. We may be put in a position where we have to work with other people and be on a larger group and come collectively to have a common goal. So that's one of the things that I try to take from the sport of basketball or even from any sport, you know, just being on the team and, and having a role and knowing how to be the best at your role. And I just try to use that and apply that to regular life situations. And 
being an athlete, I mean, I won't be an athlete my entire life. So I'll try to use that in, you know, my after athlete life. And you bring up a good point about knowing your role and being able to perform at that role. I mean, people talk about playing your position, right? And in a team sport, everybody's got their position that they have to play. In the business context, if you're working in a team, you have your job and the role that you're supposed to contribute to that team. So understanding what you need to do and how to do that well is obviously important to being able to move the ball and to achieve that common goal and objective that you're looking to achieve. Absolutely. I mean, like like I said, it's just most people don't understand that, you know, when you're working with a large group of people, it's important to be able to hold your own weight because you have other people dependent on you to help the team come to that common goal. So yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just that's the thing that I've learned probably the most. And that's one of the things I'll take with me for the rest of my life. Now you played college basketball, finished your college career at AM Corpus Christi, and then you went into the NBA G League. How was that transition from college ball to the G League? It was actually a little bit more difficult than I thought. Obviously, growing up, not only just a basketball player, but all of us athletes, we just think, okay, we'll be able, just because we're good, we're talented, we'll be able to just jump to the next level. It's an absolutely tough transition. The game is a lot faster. The pace is a lot faster. The guys are a lot bigger. You know, they're just as athletic, just as strong, but maybe a tad bigger. So to be completely honest, like I I really remember my first professional workout and I was just like, at the end of the workout, I was like, literally like, yo, do I really want to do this? (laughs) I I was really that drained and and just physically exhausted. But um, yeah, like I said, it's just, you know, it was definitely, I wouldn't say difficult, but I would say challenging transition just from like the physicality standpoint and just the pace of play of basketball. Sure. And that's a common thing that my football players who are on the show will talk about speed of the game is faster. And then everybody is good at that level, right? In college, you have different levels of right. of good. Some are okay, some are not, but everybody is performing well to have made it to that next level. Absolutely. And then another thing I have to mention is like, when you go to the next level, well, the thing that I noticed was like how serious the older guys' approach to the game was. Here I am. I'm coming in. I'm younger. I don't really have kids. I don't have a wife. So my approach may be slightly different from a veteran guy who already has eight, nine years of professionalism under his belt. You know, he has a family he has to provide for. He has people that he's responsible for. So I vividly remember those guys coming into a locker room, being just a little bit more focused, a little bit more detail-oriented in their approach. So I definitely think that's one of the things that I noticed as well. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'll also hear guys talking about that. The NFL side, like in college, you're just responsible for yourself. I mean, some people have families, but a lot of people, it's just them. But once they're in the league, you're dealing with people who are grown adults and you this is your job and you have other people to provide for. So it's a little bit different mentality to how they come to work, right? I mean, that's the workplace. And so how they're showing up there because they have to provide for other people in their family. Exactly. You said it best. So one way that you have moved the ball in the G League is you actually won the G League dunk contest. Talk to us about that. Unbelievable, incredible experience. Just to be able to do it my first year as a professional athlete. I vividly remember being in Toronto and coincidentally, the All-Star, NBA All-Star Weekend was in Toronto. So literally everyone was there. It was Kobe Bryant's, my idol. It was his last All-Star appearance. So just that, just being there and being a part of that weekend was very special for me. 
Like I said, I was playing for the Raptors on a father, Toronto's uh, Raptors G League team at the time. And just for it being in Toronto, unbelievable experience. Very, very great competitive dunk contest. Some say, oh, well, I've heard some say it was the best G League dunk contest ever. I've heard other people say, you know, it may not have been better than that year's NBA dunk contest, but we definitely could have competed. I mean, that was the same weekend where Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon went at it. It was just unbelievable. That's the word that keeps coming to my head. Um, shout out to all the other competitors as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, you have to be elite to be in that, you know, on that court, right? Competing. So tremendous amount of talent there for sure. Now, a lot of the times I'll talk on the show about the business side of sports. And so we know that the NBA, the NBA G League, the NFL, all these sports are businesses. They are professions. And so when you look at the business of being a professional athlete, like how was your perspective changed aside from dealing with people that have families that they're providing for? Like what other things did you see as you transitioned from college into the G League about the business of the sport? I think it's important to understand. And it's one thing that I did have to learn. It is a business, unfortunately. Obviously, it's a sport. It's a game that we love growing up as kids. We looked at it as fun. But when you cross over into the professional realm, it's important for everybody to understand it is a business. Now, everything may not make sense. I bounced around in the NBA G League for just a, a quick amount of time. I actually started with the Delaware 87ers, played there for like two months, and I actually got got waived. And I remember like yesterday, I got waived, got picked up by Erie Bayhawks for like Another month, then I got traded for for the Raptors 905. So going through that process, I began to understand like, wow, it's a business. There's going to be a lot of things in this sport and in this profession that I can't control. And that's just the hard part about it. It's not nothing personal when teams make decisions to move on from players and to move players. It's just my approach is like, I just got to control what I control, which is my attitude, my work ethic and just being positive and bringing good energy to the organization. And so for me, that was the toughest thing. And that's the thing for sure. I mean, it's, it's just a business. It's definitely a fast paced business for sure. And like you mentioned, I mean, you moved around from team to team and those moves happen very quickly. It's not like when you have a corporate job and you're moving to a new city and it's like, well, let me take 30 days to move my stuff and my family or, or longer. It doesn't work that way. You have to get up and go. And so. I mean, mentally, like, how do you deal with that? Or what's that like as you're having to continue to move on such a short period of time? I mean, it's tough. Lucky for me, it happened for me when I was like a rookie. My first year, I didn't have a, a whole lot of responsibility outside of basketball. I can only imagine how guys feel with entire families that they have to pack up their lives. If they have kids, they might have to change schools for the kids. It's tough. You have to be a pro at the end of the day. This is the, the business. This is how things work. Nine times out of 10, if you're not like on a, a, a max contract, you're going to be like year by year trying to figure things out and trying to get settled. So like I said before, my approach was just to try to be as professional as possible. When my number was called, I had to be ready and I had to be sharp and I had to be on point. And that approach started at practice every day. And I just tried to carry that over to every team I went to. Well, they say if you always stay ready, then you never have to get ready, right? That's how it goes. That's exactly how it goes. Now, you've also played internationally for a number of different countries and teams. How was that different transitioning from when you grew up in the U.S. and you understand what USA basketball is all about, right, in the NBA? How is playing internationally different? 
Well, outside of the obvious is you're, you're far away from your family, your friends, you're far away from our civilization. But other than that, just from like the tactical standpoint, international ball is a lot tougher than the NBA, in my personal opinion, just because like the rules of play, the game is a lot more physical on that side. Floor is a little bit condensed. They don't have the defensive three second rule. The game's a little bit shorter versus the NBA game. So, I mean, there's a number of differences, which in my opinion, makes the game a little bit tougher on that side. Obviously, sometimes depending on where you are, the weather is different. So it's a lot of variables and a lot of differences. But I mean, this is just part of being a pro and going through that process. And what was your favorite team that you played for when you were overseas? I would probably have to say my team in Liège, Belgium. I played for a bit. The team name was Bet First Liège Basket. I would say that because I like Belgium the most out of every country I've been. It's Western Europe is kind of like more like on the American side. Great food, great people. And the country is a lot smaller than any of the other countries I've played in. And obviously, because it's smaller, the travel is very condensed. Like you drive 45 minutes, you drive an hour to another city, and then you're on the other side of the country. So you don't have to hop on a two, three hour flight to go to another country or to go way across the country. I mean, like I said, just the size of the country, the travel is condensed, the food was great. I, I like Belgium a lot. So aside from like just the cultural changes from going overseas and the time zone differences, like what was the biggest change for you or shocking thing that you had to adjust to? Definitely the food. Definitely the food. The food over there, I would say, and I apologize to my fellow Americans, it's a lot cleaner. But because it's more clean, it has sometimes, and I apologize to my Europeans, it has way less flavor. <laughs> and that makes it so like I'm a Southern guy, born and raised in Houston, Texas. Like we put a lot of seasoning and a lot of different mixers in our food and make it taste Really, really good. So the thing I had to adjust to literally for sure was the food. For sure. Now, you also ended up suffering an injury while you were playing. Talk to us about that injury and your recovery process. So I believe this is my third or fourth year as a pro. I had just signed a contract to Miasto Krasno in uh, the Polish First League. I remember I had got there believe it was the end of August. The uh, preseason was just starting. Got there. I was training. I was playing. Actually, I was playing some of the best ball in my career. But this was preseason. We were going two-a-days. We were practicing hard. Anybody knows that play overseas, the, the, the preseason is tough. It's like a grind. You're doing two-a-days every day. You're grinding. But like I said, I was playing the best basketball of my career at the time. Remember, it was in our last preseason game before the regular season. And it was towards the end of the game. I went up for a routine layup on a fast break, something I always do as a smaller guard. I kind of shielded the big guy off, went up for the layup. And it's crazy because I don't even remember exactly how I got injured. I just remember falling down and I tried to get up and literally my knee was like stuck. It wasn't painful. It didn't hurt at all. It was just like stuck. And I knew at that moment, I was like, this is not good. So. Fast forward, I get the crutches, I go to the hospital the next day, the doctor doesn't speak any English. So I'm just like, wow, I'm in Poland, I'm injured, my knee is is stuck in place, the doctor doesn't speak English. So fast forward a little bit more, I, I made the decision to cut my contract in order to come back home and get surgery. 
uh, just because I felt a little bit more comfortable with um, the surgeons here on our side. I mean, just the language barrier. That was my biggest decision. Fast forward a little bit more. It turns out I had a lateral meniscus bucket handle tear. And if you know anything about knee injuries, it's the worst meniscus tear you could possibly have. My surgeon literally told me, he was like, John, uh, I would rather you have an ACL tear than this type of tear. Mm-hmm. My meniscus, like it flipped. The meniscus is the cushion between two bones in your knee. And my meniscus detached from the capsule and it flipped. So I had really two injuries all in one, which made it almost a year long recovery timeline. Missed that entire season, missed a little bit of the following season. And the other part, the other half of the following season, COVID-19 hits. So now I'm really in a position in a, in a crossroads in my career, like, wow, finally recover. I finally spent all this money and recover. No team in the world wants me. Like nobody wants me. They're like, John, you know, we love you. You can play, but we haven't seen you play in a year. And then now here's COVID. The jobs are coming skimped a little bit. Teams are losing money because we're in a, we're in a pandemic. So now more teams don't want it. it. Like literally, it felt like my career was at a standstill, which it really was at the time. So I was luckily able to bounce back to my next team. Shout out to Tübingen Tigers up in Germany. My coach, Andy Wischer, he took a chance on me in Germany and got me back on my feet and got my career back on the right track. And so those guys in Germany gave me an opportunity and, you know, I just took it and ran with it. Oh, well, that's great that you had someone take a chance on you because I feel like we all have those moments where you just never know who's going to help you or take that chance, take that risk that can really propel you either back or just, you know, forward, right, to continue to help you to progress in your career. Absolutely. It was tough for me. Just because at that point, I literally felt like I was playing the best basketball in my career. But that's where faith comes in. You know, I've always had faith in a higher power. And so I just looked at that entire experience as a faith test. You know, you know, am I going to keep believing? You know, am I going to keep believing in the higher power? Am I going to keep believing in myself and the work that I had put in to get me back to where I wanted to be? And so I just looked at it as a faith test and hopefully I passed it. <laughs> I think you did. And things have worked out great. Now, something else that you have done that I wanted to talk about on the show is the Ones Basketball League. And so uh, for those that are not familiar with the OBL, Tracy McGrady came up with this Ones Basketball League concept. And so you were part of, there were a number of regional competitions. And so you won the Houston competition. And then the top three from each region then went and competed in the championship and you actually won the entire thing, the whole championship. So congratulations on that. How did that feel just winning the regional level and then the whole thing? Obviously a great feeling outside of you know the payout. <laughs> but for me, it was more gratifying going back to my injury and going back to all the trials I've had in my professional career, bouncing around in the G League, going from team to team and then going overseas, playing well, then getting injured. And then there's the OBL opportunity. And it's crazy that we talked about team earlier. And now this is just purely one-on-one, mano-a-mano, me versus you basketball. So when I actually was in Romania this past season, I remember exactly where I was. I was in a a capital city, Bucharest, having dinner. And when I looked at my phone, I see there's a DM for Tracy McGrady. So I'm like anybody else. I'm like, whoa. What is T-Mac doing DMing me? So I read his message. I got that he was he sent a personal invite. And so fast forward, like you said, I got out of my 
Romanian contract. We had just finished the season, but my contract was had went until I believe until like midway through June. Our last game was April 28th or 29th. Played the last game when I made the commitment to join the OBL. Literally was pulling strings with my GM on the team to get me on the next flight because the OBL started literally like in two days. I had to get on the next flight out of Romania, which I, I remember was like a Thursday night, Friday morning, get to Houston Friday night, midnight, be at the OBL Houston Saturday, seven, eight in the morning and just gutted it up, put my big boy pants on and just went after it. So unbelievable experience. Shout out to the entire OBL. Not only Tracy McGrady, uh, Melissa Jabro, just everybody, Lyle Bowen, everybody, Rashad Floyd, just an incredible team to, to deal with. I've played on many professional teams. I've been on in many different professional environments. I'll tell you guys now, it's nothing like the OBO. The OBO is a real deal. And you talked about how it's different from team versus just you, right? One on one. Mentally, how is it different preparing for playing a five on five? A sport versus just you against one person out there on the court? It's a little bit tougher, to be honest. I guess most people will say, well, it's easier because it's one-on-one. It's really not because five-on-five, there's a lot of variables, a lot of things that can happen in the game that you either can be in control of or can't be in control of. So, for instance, because it's five-on-five, you might be able to take or sneak two or three plays off on defense or offense. You might go stand in the corner. You might not be involved in a play. One-on-one, you go from offense to defense to offense to defense. Everything is on you. It's your own game plan. You don't have a bunch of coaches and uh, assistant coaches telling you, oh, look out for this, look out for this from the other team. You have to do all that dirty work yourself. And it's just you versus them. And and that's just like a mental standpoint from like an actual skill in basketball. Like I had to literally change my entire training up. I took out like, normal catch and shoot situations. Everything I did leading up to the OBL was like literally off the dribble. I had the ball in my hands the entire time leading up to Vegas, the Vegas competition. So there was a lot of differences, but probably the main difference is on the mental side of it. And you bring up a good point. It's all on you for one. And like you, it's just very fast paced because you can't just sit in the corner or just take a moment to breathe or else you're going to, you're going to get scored on if you do. So very different uh, style of play for sure. Super different. It literally felt like, and I, and I mentioned this to all the OBL staff when I, when I talked to them after I won, it felt like a game of me versus me, honestly. It felt like everything I had been through led me to this point. A one-on-one competition, obviously with other people, but it was really, it felt like me versus me. You know, I won. <laughs> well, it's awesome. I mean, congratulations. You definitely did move the ball. Won a great prize as well. Now, what are you going to do with your prize money? I know you have some plans. Yeah, no, I definitely do. First and foremost, I'm going to put a little chunk away Good for a rainy day. I mean, obviously, with everything that's going on in the world, you just don't never know what's, ha- what's going to happen. I really remember being in Germany. The pandemic comes and now the whole world stops. So for me, that was a good like learning experience. Like, okay, whenever you have a large chunk of finances, probably good to have some put away so first things first put a large chunk away second thing was invest in myself two things i plan on doing was releasing a limited batch of merchandise i don't want to spill too many beans because i don't want to give up my ideas but i will be 
releasing a limited batch of one of one style merchandise that will be available on all of my socials, but mainly on my Instagram. And also, I will be releasing a vertical jump slash training program that will be available also on all of my social media handles. Hopefully, the goal is to get it, the vertical jump program translated in many different languages around the world. It's somewhat of a global presence everywhere I go. I want everybody around the world to be able to purchase. And it's not only geared towards helping the vertical jump, but just overall athleticism and showing kids and whoever just the right and correct techniques to grow their athleticism. I think that's great. And I think doing something online like that is awesome because technology allows us to reach more people. And we talk about business on the show to scale your business and to just have a larger reach. And so I think that's phenomenal. I like the fact that you're looking at doing it in multiple languages as well. So that way, again, you can have a bigger impact. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about for me. Just wherever I go in this world, just having a a cultural impact everywhere. You know, I want to be able to touch people and relate to people and help people grow themselves, not only from an athletic standpoint, just from an overall life standpoint, use my life's experiences to help other people around the world. Yeah. And I think you just never know who is going to really connect with what you've done, your story, and just latch on to what you're doing. And I mean, for me, with this Move the Ball movement, I'll have people, complete strangers, reach out and share how, you know, this podcast or just the book or other things I put out has really made an impact for them. And that's what it's about. It's being able to reach people, not just people in your inner circle that that's great too, but knowing that you can impact complete strangers and just do things to to have the world be more positive and to help people. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's definitely the most satisfying thing. And just to see the way people interact with me, even if they don't speak the same language. For sure. Now, one other thing that I want to ask you about is because you are a professional athlete, your training program is very important. And what you do to stay at your best, you train with one of the best there is out there, Mr. Jay Sutaria down in Houston. What are some of the things that Jay really has you working on? And how did he kind of help you in your professional basketball career and then also getting ready for the competition? Well, he was Jay was the guy that I leaned on really before my big injury. But I leaned on him heavily for my my rehab process. So he's always been a good friend of mine first. Great person, really good good work ethic. I love Jay because he's like a gym rat. Like he loves what he does. And I'm the same way. I have the same approach to my craft. And so that's the thing that's special to me about Jay. But the thing that I like about his workouts and his training, it's really not a lot of heavy lifting involved. And as an athlete or most people think that us athletes, we're just like these big, strong, I guess football players are different, but from a basketball standpoint, we're not really lifting a, a ton of weights. We're doing a lot of mechanical stuff, stuff that's very functional. We'll literally start with no weights and we'll go an entire month without touching a weight. And my body will feel just as strong as it does with a bunch of weights. So for sure. Yeah. Jay definitely knows what he's doing down there and he's very passionate about what he does, which you, you should be. You need to be in a in a profession that you're excited and that you believe in. When you wake up in the morning, you're ready to go because you just love what you do every day. Absolutely. He's always excited. Every time I go to the facility, he's always excited. He's always like a nerd about it. And I, I'm the same way about my craft and my approach. So shout out to my guy, Jay. Shout out to Daniel too. Shout out to the whole STF team. Yeah, shout out to Jay and the STF Houston team. They are phenomenal people. So definitely encourage people to check them out and see all the great things that they're doing as well. 
So, John, what I want to do now is run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do it. All right. First question is, when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Weirdly, I used to want to be a cheetah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know it's good. <laughs> I can say nobody has ever said that answer on the show. So you are unique in that regard. Next question is, what three words would you use to describe yourself? Driven, ambitious, and dedicated. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? I used to play the snare drum when I was a kid. Oh, okay. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? I Want It All by my boy, Sean God, my high school basketball teammate. Uh, He makes music now. That song was actually my intro song in the OBL finals. I Want It All. Y'all tap in, Sean God. Oh, nice. I'll have to check it out. Shout out to Sean. Next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I'm currently reading The Alchemist. I'm almost finished. And Move the Ball podcast. Come on, man. Come on. Come of course. <laughs> I appreciate that. And The Alchemist is a really good book as well. Mm-hmm. So the next question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Elon Musk, Jay-Z, and probably Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, from financial reasons. Yes. But I would just like to pick their brain. Well, all three are pretty much in a different type of space. Obviously, Elon, from a more scientific, creative standpoint, and Jay-Z, from a more like dedicated and driven standpoint. I guess same thing with Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, he's the only athlete. He definitely does have a good business-savvy mind on him as well. So those are three great choices. The last question is, do you sing in the shower? Absolutely. I have concerts, man. I, absolutely. I sing a lot in the shower. If, if anybody ever hears me shower, they'll hear me yelling and coming up with all these vocals and stuff. So, yes. Would they want to attend the concert again is the question. Probably not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> man, my, my one wish and my one God-given wish ability would be able to sing. Yeah, but I guess you can't have it all. I gotcha. But you've had some great success in the basketball arena. So you're definitely moving the ball there. You can take singing lessons, though. You know, that that could always help potentially. I don't know if it'll work, but I'll definitely try. (laughs) And, you know, I was just thinking before the show, like nobody's ever asked or I, I don't ask myself the two minute drill question. So the one thing that people don't know about me, which you might appreciate, is I can palm a basketball which is not common for most women. So that is something that I I can do. So just thought I'd share that with everyone on the show today. That is very impressive. A thing about me, I can only palm with my left hand. It's weird. I have huge hands, but I can only palm with my left hand. I'm right-handed. So, but that is very impressive though, for real. I'll send you a video of it to prove it too. But uh, as we look to close the show, let people know where you at on social media. Everybody can follow me on Instagram, John period Jordan. Twitter, John Jordan B-Ball 1. Snapchat, John Jordan B-Ball 1 as well. Pretty active on Instagram the most. I'm also on Facebook, John Jordan, but I'm usually not active on Facebook. Instagram is where you'll find me. Twitter a little bit, but Instagram is primarily where you guys will find me. Also on Snapchat, I'm a little bit active on, I still use the Snapchat a lot. I have like a lot of European fans that they use Snapchat a lot. So I I kind of entertain them a lot on Snapchat, but Instagram, John.Jordan. Guys, follow me. I follow back. DM me with any questions. I'm here for them. 
Perfect. We will have those links in our show notes so people can follow you and see all the great things that you continue to do. Thanks, John, so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And thanks to everyone for listening. Once again, if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. And also go check out all the show notes for the links to John's social channels, to all the stuff I mentioned earlier in the show. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.